Welcome to Teffel Waffle with Troy and Steve and a special guest, Sune. Hi, Sune. Sune is joining us today for a discussion about a topic of her choice. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, hi, my name is Sune Stain. I'm here in Thailand and I originally come from South Africa and I work with children. <gasps> South Africa. How you guys have... can't speak English though, can you? No, we can't, oh. not at all. How long have you been working with children? I've been working with children for about 22 years. So it's quite long. That makes you very old. Very old. Mm. I'm ancient. So now it's very old. Okay, so is this the criteria for... Criterion? Criteria. For inclusion in the, as, um, a, as, as a, a special guest. As a waffler, you have to be... Have, have been teaching forever. Right, so if any of you listeners want to join us as a special guest, the criterion is you have to have more than 20 years experience and you have to be under 30 years old. Right, and preferably have grey hair, but be... Uh, only at the back. Only the back. Um, and email us if you fit those criteria. Okay, so now what's our topic? Okay, our topic is, <coughs> I've experienced that many teachers or trainees uh, mention that they would prefer to start on an easier level when they start teaching, which means children. And then as they get experience, they'll go up to teaching adults. Oh, you mean as, as for work, not while for training? For work, yes. Okay. So the trainees who don't have experience... They when they want to go and find a job. It's but easier to teach kids as a job yes. than it is to teach, teach. teens the basis, or adults. The basis of this misconception, I think, is the fact that children don't learn grammar. And these are teachers who are probably afraid of the demands of teaching grammar. Um, or perhaps uh, the demands of questions as well. Because kids, children don't ask questions. The, the, the questions kids ask are... Teacher, uh, why is an orange called an orange? Or what time's the break? <laughs> what time? Can I go to the bathroom, please? Teacher, what's the name of this fruit? Um, the kids aren't so likely to say. Uh, teacher, should I use four followed by the gerund or two in infinitive? What's the difference between trip and journey? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, what's your take on this? Well, I think what I usually do is I try to um, have my trainees not decide before they've at least observed the different classes. And I warn them that there are other aspects that they need to consider when it comes to teaching children instead, you know, yeah. how can I say, like in comparison with teaching adults. That it's, so, a, in a way, it's a different skill set. So there's still a lot to it, but that lot is a bit different. Uh, so there's a lot of things you have to do to teach teens, which might not be the same as adults or the same as kids. But this, this differentiation of skills is the reason why in informal teacher training you decide whether you want to be a young learner's teacher or, or a, a middle school's teacher. Teacher or, or an, what do they call it, adult and further education, I think it's called now. Um, and the young learners, as far as I can tell, the young learners... Um, teacher training programs at, at tertiary level at the universities are a lot tougher than... They're a lot more practical. I think when you look at uh, early years or you look at a, a elementary degree in teaching or in education, they focus a lot on the inside the classroom practic practicalities that they do. They look at different methods that they use with children. Yeah, whether the, the secondary... When you, when you train to do... When you train as a secondary teacher... 
it's a lot of theory. It's a lot more theoretical, which makes sense in a way because working with teens, there are no secret ingredients. It's understanding what teens are going through is, is really what it's about. I don't know. I think there's secret ingredients to all of it. You know, if you... I mean, what would you say, uh, give me one thing to do if I'm going to be a kid's teacher? Just something nice and simple. My brand new teacher... What should I do to teach this class? Sing songs. Sing songs. Okay, so... Yeah. Which I suppose is a, a secret ingredient that doesn't necessarily apply to teens and adults. But doesn't it? Well, you sing do your songs. songs. You do your do songs with adults. Uh, use, with songs. use songs or sing songs? Well, they will sing along if it's a song that they like. Okay. Um, but but no, I, use, I use them as a way of introducing new language or... Um, or Okay, practicing pronunciation, mm. or and I certainly wouldn't use Old MacDonald. No, yeah. Unless it's a, the dancing chicken <laughs> version, which is a lot of fun. Okay. Well, the gummy bear version, yes. <laughs> okay, so what would make one person better at teaching adults than young learners or children, and how do I know that? My personal take. Uh, this is me personally, not mm. not for other teachers. Um, I know that to teach kids I I have to keep things quite short I'll do five minutes of this and then five minutes of that and maybe this thing is ten minutes but actually if I look at it it's two five minute segments that are ten minutes in total and I find personally I find it much easier to come up with uh, worksheet based not worksheets uh, prompt based paper based prompts for teens and adults I find I can endlessly come up with those I what does that mean? Like t- t- telling students write down three sentences and, and or here's a little you know it's just a blank table but that blank table is a twenty minute act speaking yeah. activity yeah. and I can come up with that right now if, yeah, if you the tell me I need a lesson. The students have got enough autonomy to manage <coughs> that kind of task alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with kids, I struggle, but I, that is quite possibly because I've taught a lot of teens and adults. And I've taught kids, and I love teaching kids. It's fun. But I do struggle for the ideas. And but that's just an experience thing. But I think that also with kids, it's not just a matter of teaching kids. I, I found teaching uh, a group of grade 1 students is very different from teaching a group of grade 5 students. Um, it's not a unified lump of, uh, I'm a young learner's teacher. If I'm a teens teacher, whether I'm teaching 13-year-olds or 16-year-olds, I can still use a lot of the same techniques. Ooh, I, I definitely plan my first year of high school classes differently than other years. And I certainly plan my upper high school differently. The middle kind of all blends together. So let's say um, from 14 to 16, 14, 15, 16, those three years I can... It's all going to work regardless of those three years. But that first year of high school, is I find a bit different. I think I ease them into stuff that I use with the other groups, but I don't start mm. with it. Yeah, but I, and I suppose you could even argue adults at the elementary level and the pre-intermediate level are going to learn differently, and so there's the need for differentiation is across the board. Um, yeah, but like you said as well, Steve, the activities, I don't think it's the what that you would have to change as much but the how that you do it. For example, I've seen a kindergarten two teacher with students of about five years old do a find someone who with the children. Sure, I can see that. But they just use pictures instead yeah. of written yeah. prompts. But there needs to be a certain amount of training that goes into that. Yes, and the, the setup of the activity is a lot more. So teachers who do teach 
children need to consider the before I do this activity what do I need to support the students with to be able to get them to do this I think that's pretty universal I mean I do find that with the kids the background knowledge is a lot more predictable than it is with adults which is nice in a way because you can generally predict that okay they'll they'll know some basic animals or something like that if you know your class and they probably don't know anything else so you can plan it that okay all they know is the animals and I'll, I'll quickly review that and then I'll, I'll give them, we're going to use three basic question forms and three basic answer forms for the, this uh, find someone who activity, and I'll set it up. There is a bit of a, uh, maybe a false sense of security with the older classes where, where I see a lot of teachers just assuming that they'll be able to form those three questions and form those three answers. But it's certainly part of my planning. I, I, if I make a find someone who I'm looking at, what question forms am I including in this? What answer forms are needed? I'm, I'm pretty much planning it the, the same way, except... I'm well, there's more scaffolding, is what you're saying. There's much more scaffolding. I'm not saying there's more. I'm saying with the kids, I'm confident that I need more. Mm. And with the teens or adults, I have to push myself to assume that I am going to need more. And if I don't, if they already know it, fine. That's a piece of cake. My my instructions took half as long as I thought they were because I asked, how would you make the question? They went, and I went, oh, thanks, all right, you know already. So I. But that, that's, an, that's the case, that's an issue of the fact that teens and adults have got a lot more background knowledge to draw from. Yes, ex- and kids exposure. Got, kids, mm-hmm. you've got to create that background knowledge for yeah. them to draw I, I can cheat and go in and assume that my my teens all know that Mount Fuji is in Japan, for example, yeah. and I can use yes. that for a little context to draw something out. The problem I have with teaching young learners is the, the fact that the pastoral role, the parenting role, is a lot more um, evident with young learners than it is with teens and adults. I mean, you, you are still taking a pastoral role with teens, but with kids... You're a parent as much as you are a teacher. Yes. Um. This is the problem I have with kids. I think it's the main reason I don't teach kids. Um, we've spoken about this before. I don't know if we've published it or not, but we've had a discussion about if the we difference. we haven't, it's coming soon. <laughs> we've had a discussion about the difference between am I your English teacher or am I supposed to teach you to be a good human being or something like that. Mm-hmm. And certainly with kids, ooh... That it's so integrated, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're not just teaching the language or the content, but you're also teaching they don't work in groups. They don't know how to work in groups. So I need to break them up into groups. I need to give them roles and, and in each group to share and encourage them, yeah. And explain how do I walk around the classroom okay. or they won't be able to follow Well, they through. won't walk around the classroom because all the other teachers that they have... <laughs> Won't allow them to walk around the classroom. So there's a be quiet. Raise your hand. There's certainly a lot of cultural mismatch between what we do in a language classroom yes. and what they're used to with in other their, teachers. In their math class. Yeah. 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 And it's the same classroom. I mean, that's the problem. They're in the same environment mm. and they've got these two opposing sets of cultural. Ooh, yeah, I, I hadn't actually thought about that. Uh, that aspect of it where we're walking into their environment I, and they're I, messing I, it up I do take that into account whether I'm going to them or they're coming mm. to me yeah. but I haven't also considered that I'm not just going to them I'm also going to teach Duraparts math classroom I have been aware of that and I, and I sometimes teach at Duraparts in the classroom and um, the evil eye I get during my <laughs> lessons because I'm getting the kids up and moving. Um, uh, it's funny. I, I, 
only now that you mention that have I realised, oh, yeah, I do get the evil eye sometimes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but what I notice is I notice the, the look I get from the students when I say, all right, everybody get up or shout or wave your piece yes. of paper, anything like that. And the students go, huh? What? I'm not allowed to do that. Or they turn around and look at teachers. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Can I? Is that okay? Am I allowed to do that? But isn't that with adults as well, that we don't get that from the classroom teacher, but we get that from the adult students themselves? I have had situations. I'll tell you a little story I had when I was head teacher of a school in Cambodia. The students came down and um, complained about a teacher who was new, new teacher, and a well-qualified teacher. I thought I was quite proud that we'd managed to secure this teacher. And after the first lesson, the students came down and complained. Um, the mistake when I asked them about it was that he had asked them to get into pairs and talk to each other, and the students were upset about that. These are adults. Yeah. They didn't want to talk to each other. They wanted the teacher to talk to them. And obviously the teachers that they'd had before him had not... Um, Very chalk and talk. ...had done the chalk and talk thing mm-hmm. and, and built up a, an image of what the teacher does as being in control. So I think that... Whether as kids or adults, yes, they need to be culturally into. I don't know what the word is that I need here. We need Exposed. to teach. We need to teach them how to be students. socialized. It's socialized. Yes. Yeah, into that yes. kind of learning process. All right. So here's a question for you now. Yes. Okay. So once some once somebody says, I I want the easy option. I'm going to teach kids. Um, <laughs> um, After I've laughed. Yes. After, yeah. <laughs> um, but but they've taken this seriously, and they're not mm. definitely going to go and teach kids because they're not confident enough to teach adults and, and mm-hmm. kids are the easy option. What are five things that you'd say to them? Here are five things that you need to be a good children's teacher. Actually, do you do it as five things you need or do you think about well, what you need to understand before you go in? Is it a practical five things for the classroom or is it a five things you need to be aware of or think about or adjust your way of thinking. All right, now Troy's just delayed this answer enough that Sinead's had some time to think about it. And she has to now give six different answers. The the thing is, it's quite interesting because I don't really think of five things because it's sometimes impossible for a new teacher to walk in and have five things to focus on so usually I tell them okay what do you think would be your most important thing to focus on and what is it and it's usually classroom management but classroom management is such a ephemeral but I mean it's a culture management is the result not not the starting point you you get to cultural management classroom management because you've done a whole bunch of things right so to be good at classroom management, you have to have a really secure, confident plan yes. that you can implement. So the yeah. teacher says, I'm worried about classroom management. And yes. you know that yes. classroom management isn't a thing. Classroom yes. management are things. It's a result. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So yes. then how do you answer that? Well, I say, so what do you do in class? And I look at, now, I look at how that teacher carries him or herself am I able to project my voice am I able to get attention from the students if we have a docile mouse-like teacher we we have a problem yes there is a learning curve and this teacher can become the the person or the presence in the classroom but initially it's it helps the teacher to be naturally extroverted Okay. Yeah, in sure. that sense so we, we have a look is there a teacher button that they can switch on and off that they can be extroverted for the students to want to listen to them and then secondly I tell them to bond with the students that's the most important thing if you bond with, with children they want to please you 
and that makes life easy. That's, that's a good point, and I agree with that. Once you know your students and they know you, it's very much easier to teach. Yes. How do you bond with kids? Yeah, that's where I went straight away. How do you teach them how to bond? I think it's it's most of it's on the teacher's uh, it's the teacher's responsibility. The thing is, for example, they, they need to get to know their students. If I know, for example, you like motorcycles, I'm going to incorporate mu- motorcycles into my lessons to try and get you more involved. Okay. I'm going to find out about the students. I'm going to spend non-teaching time with the student, just close, be available to them, and then be predictable. I think that predictability makes them feel safe so that they know what to expect every single time something happens. That's the concept of classroom routines mm. and yeah. setting up a set yes. of routines that the students are used to. A structure. Yeah, and I, I have noticed uh, when teachers say, the students in this school are so well behaved, um, it's generally a result of the students having fixed routines and the students mm-hmm. knowing what's going on and, and knowing that, okay, now it's uh, 10 o'clock, we all get in a line and we file down to Mrs. Jones' classroom and, and we wait outside. And then when and the filing in, down is if what everybody does every time. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a routine. Mm-hmm. And the teachers say, the kids are so well behaved here. And what they, whether they realise it or not, what they're actually saying is, these students are confident in being able to do things themselves. They know what's expected of them and they know what to expect mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. other people and where they go and what they're doing and what the, mm-hmm. which classroom they're in and all yes. of that. And I see that as well with teachers, for example, if they do stations in their classroom. So the students break up into groups and they rotate in the classroom from station to station and they have a variety of activities. Now, one teacher told me, I'll never do that again. It was crazy. Another teacher, he does it really effectively. And the only difference is... He's done it again and again. He's done it again and again and made it a routine. And they're used to it. So once they're used to it, it becomes easy. Absolutely. I've I've been in plenty of places where I've walked in and the students just have not had a communicative teacher before. Mm-hmm. And I've seen them, you know, they, they turn to each other and go, what, what's going on? Why are we supposed to, how stand up? What? And after the first lesson, when I come back and repeat that, that doesn't happen. And by the third lesson, it, it's just not a thing. When I say, all right, so, right, everybody stand up, and they're already standing up and getting out of their chairs. There is a thing, though, that the consistency of how you talk to them is, is an important thing. I was teaching a class, and Sunay walked in, you, you walked into one of my classes and yeah. you said to the students something like, who's got something on their desk that I can take or something like that? Mm-hmm. And the students understood exactly what you meant as clear your desks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'd said to them, clear your desks, but they didn't mm-hmm. understand that phrase because it wasn't something that they were used to. Yes. Um, and your way of saying that exact same thing resonated with them and they cleared their desk immediately. It wasn't that they weren't clearing their desks for me. It was just that I hadn't spoken. They didn't know. I hadn't said the right keyword for mm-hmm. them. Um, it's like statues, for example. Yeah, well, the kids taught me a statue. So I was teaching and I couldn't get them to be quiet. So one of the students said to me, teacher, say statues. So I said statues and they all stood still. It was a, a keyword that they obviously and, learned with another teacher. And the routine of it. And that's why staying with your students when it's not your teaching time is probably a really good thing, seeing what they get used to with other teachers. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
And I think that make, that helps make a class more consistent as well as if you and your co-teacher or if the other teachers who do teach the same class have similar routines or they follow the same system. That makes it easier for the students to settle into the next teacher's lesson okay. as well and that prevents the So crazy. the key here is get to know your students well. Yes. <clears throat> So, um, which, which actually is a, a good thing to say to any teacher. And to adults <laughs> as well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the premise of the whole th- this is the teacher thinks, though, that kids are easy. Yes. It's easier to teach kids. Yes. Um, I would... I think, personally, I think it's easiest to teach teenagers. And I'm sure that lots of people disagree with that. Yes, I would disagree with that. (laughs) And um, other people like adults and some people Mm. like university students and and what have you. Um, But this ease thing, when somebody says it's easy, does that feel a little bit... Insulting. uh, Condescending? Yes, sometimes it does feel a little bit condescending. They're just kids, it doesn't matter. But but they don't have the experience, so it does seem easier. But uh, I think that that, that... thing about it's easy is a universal teacher problem and I decided I was going to become a teacher as a young person uh, once upon a time ago, yeah. um, my father said to me yeah that's great yeah that's a nice easy thing that you can do with your <laughs> life which of course is rubbish because it's not easy there's lots of very complicated aspects of teaching and, yeah, and it's also that kind of job where if you do it long term there's only two options uh, become that lazy, boring teacher who's do, who does the same thing over and over again because they already know how to do it, or keep pushing yourself so that you don't become that teacher. One of the problems, though, that we have is that watching a teacher teach well, they make it look easy. Um, yeah. And so if you've been a student in a class with a good teacher, being a teacher looks easy. It's only when you, when you start trying it for yourself and you realise how hard it is. Yes, and our trainees also have different reactions when they go observe... Um, teachers at a primary school, for example, and they they observe a teacher who does really badly. The teachers who are more confident, they say, I could do better than that. And those who are less confident, they would go, that's just put me off teaching young learners. There's a flip side, though. Um, We have groups of trainees who come in and say, I never want to teach children, I want to teach adults. Mm -hmm. And then they go and see a children's class and go, oh my God, that was so much fun, I really want to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a very common statement after kids' classes. That was so much fun. Yeah. Yes. I, I also, and the other, the flip side of that comment is, that looks so tiring. <laughs> when it's a good, a good teacher, <laughs> uh, a good teacher, and if they see that good teacher at the point of the day, the, the very active point, because when you are a, a kid's teacher, you know that, okay, we have a really active period, and then we've got a quieter period, and then we've got a si- kind of silently at your desk bit, and then we we're all standing up and running around. And mm-hmm. and if they see that teacher at the, the thing really is that active that, point... Um, the teachers feed off the student's energy. That's one thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that a, a, a competent teacher who knows the classroom routines well doesn't actually need to put in that much effort. Um, yes. It looks like there's a lot of energy, but the teacher... And so a teacher who's struggling is putting in a lot of effort and, and is going to wear themselves out very fast. That's yeah. true. I've noticed that yes. across the board, though, the teacher who doesn't plan works hard. The teacher <laughs> who... what It seems like puts in extra work because mm-hmm. they work before they go to class doesn't work very hard. In class, it looks like it's a nice, yes. easy class. Right? Yes. Yeah. 
It's certainly true for my own lessons. I, I do. It does still happen sometimes where, ooh, I haven't planned this class well enough and I, I have to put in twice as much work in the room. Mm. And it's interesting because many train, trainees or new teachers assume that energy, high energy levels, are would be the key to a successful classroom. But actually it's not that. It's the fluctuation of yeah. it and the, the versatility of the energy levels being used up in the classroom. That's that's a calm teacher. A calm teacher is going to get great results from a kid's class because mm. the, the children are not going to get wound up by... Yeah. Yes, and sometimes the energy levels, if they're high energy levels, it's still empty energy. So the teacher gets them all wound up, but they're but not, it's not really focused learning. Anyway. Yes. You see, this is one of the reasons why I think teens are easier than kids. Because with kids, young kids, you can get away with fun. And it this, just because the students enjoyed it or had fun or whatever else, it doesn't mean that it was an effective lesson in terms of learning. And with the teenagers, on the other hand, you can't get away with just pure fun. They, they get bored with, oh, we're just playing a, a silly game isn't enough with, with the teenagers. Well, we have, we have our specific tastes yes. in teaching. So I'm young learners of children, you're teens, and, and, and you're I'm, I'm just something. everybody. Well, the, the horrible thing is, though... <laughs> I prefer teens. I don't teach. I rarely teach teens now. Mm-hmm. I used to teach them a lot. I rarely teach them now, and but that um, that's a learning environment mm-hmm. issue, not a student issue. But did you know you wanted to be one before? I thought I wanted to be a young learner special needs teacher. That's what I thought. Oh. Um, I I tr- did it as a teacher's assistant, and I loved it. I felt amazing every day, and I was I was very young, and I and I wanted to be jaded and and everything. But I I'd leave those classes going, wow, man, that was so much, that was so cool. Go into a teaching environment and find that that's what you you like. I started out as a young learners teacher um, back at home, but when I started teaching high school, um, that's where I really hit my I, I I loved it. I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do, but my the, my years teaching teens was was were probably the best years of my teaching career. Yeah, I, I, I love teaching teens. I didn't like working in uh, teen... I, I'm not a big fan of high schools. I, I don't like... Schools. I hate high schools. <laughs> all these, all these power-hungry... No, power-hungry adults walking around and telling no, kids, tuck I, in your shirt. I don't care if your shirt's tucked primary in. I schools, care if you... Primary schools, primary schools. Are, are the... the, the the symmetry of egos. Bunch like, of control freaks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, I see that in high schools. Oh, I, it's, for me, it's much worse in primary schools. I get stressed out, and I, I'm quite a qualified teacher, but I'm in a primary school, and there's all these primary teachers around. I'm intimidated. I go back into my my childhood and go, oh, there's a teacher over there. I'm going to walk this way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, okay. And, yeah, I'm young learners. I've taught lots of different types but if I go into adults after 22 years of teaching young learners I am still not very confident I feel I have to prepare three hours to be able to teach well I'm like that with the young learners class (laughs) right so um we're going to invite Sine again for another podcast and this time we're going to choose a topic to um to hammer home for her yeah (laughs) thanks for joining us today thank you very much had loads of fun see ya Heffola Fall is proudly brought to you by the non-stop buffalo, Troy and Steve.
for any question, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tefalwafall at gmail.com or visit www.tefalwafall.com.